house today. Come on, give a round of applause. Listen, it doesn't matter how many people that are not here, doesn't matter how many people are here. We are here in the presence of our Lord God Almighty. As it has been said, where there's two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. The Holy Spirit is here, folks. The Holy Spirit is in this church today. And if you're not getting excited, I want to challenge you today. Get excited for the Lord. Because I get excited when I go to the Carolina games. And I've been to the Carolina games a lot of times. And I've taken my little, when my daughter now is up and grown, but when she was just a little tot, I would take her all the way back when we had Lou Holtz for coach. So I've gone to a lot of Carolina games. And when I get out there, I'm not afraid nor am I ashamed to cheer on my team for Carolina because I want my team to win. And today we're on the team, which is the team of Jesus. And we need to be excited about the Lord and be excited that you're serving a God that truly loves you, that has compassion on you, and that He inhabits the praises of His people. For when we begin to praise God and exalt Him, we begin to scratch the surface of heaven and God begins to open up because He sees us worshiping Him today. Did you know that? That's the only way that we can get to God is to get to God through worship, through praise, through prayer. That's the only way that you can get to God. And we are challenged down here on earth. But you know what? We serve a risen Savior. We serve a God that's alive. We serve a God that's not dead. He is ever for more for us, and He is for you. He's not against you. And so I thank God today, even on this game day, we are on the team with Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, but if you'll stand with me across the building today, we want to read Galatians 2 and 20, because we want to be reminded every day that we are living the crucified life. It's not about you, it's not about me, but it's Christ that's inside of us that we live forevermore. So let's read today. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across the building today. As soon as my sermon is over, we'll be going uh, over to, uh, I think, Gibson Park, and we will be having a cookout there. We've got hot dogs, we've got hamburgers, fixings, and folks, we're going to have plenty to eat. So uh, don't be uh, shy at all as we get ready to go over there in that direction. But I want to give you a word of encouragement today. How many needs to be encouraged? I need to be encouraged. Every day, I need to be encouraged. We hear so much disappointment and we hear so much discouragement, but I like to be encouraged. So I want you to go with me today, if you would, in the New Testament to 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, beginning with the 24th verse. 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. 9 and 24. Rondu, can you grab me a bottle of water right quick? 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. We didn't go live today uh, because we're changing internets. Our internet out here has been kind of bad, so now we are changing into fiber optics. 
uh, into the church, so they're going to be putting in internet next week, so we'll be going live here shortly, uh, and our reception is going to be much better, and it won't be clipping and cutting and spitting out and all that kind of good stuff, so we're going to get connected here soon for those to see us live, so we won't be live today, so guess what, that means I get to preach all kinds of stuff today since I'm not going to go live, no, I'm not just kidding, I'm going to preach too just like I would live as well. But let's look here at 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, beginning with the 24th verse. The title of my message is this, Get Your Head in the Game. Get Your Head in the Game. A lot of times we've got our head in a lot of different things, and maybe it may not be where it needs to be, and maybe we need to get alignment up and line our, our head up in the right direction. I'm going to share with you today of how that we can line our heads up and get them in the right direction. So we need to get your head in the game and listen very closely as I go through these scriptures here so that you will be encouraged on what you need to do to be on the team which is the team for Jesus. So let's look at this in 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, that you may receive it. And everyone who competes for the prize, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain, look at this, a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Now let me break this passage down to you as we get into God's Word. Here the Apostle Paul, in God's Word, he is writing, everybody is in a race. We are running in the hustle and bustle of life. You've already got your day planned next week. You've got it planned next month. And we are all running because we live in an instamatic society. We live in a society that we got to have it now. I can't wait. If you don't have it, I'll jump on Amazon. And I'll let Amazon bring it to me because they can get it faster to me than Walmart can or Home Depot can, or Lowe's can. So in other words, we're doing everything we can to go as fast as we can. So there's, are, there are those in the world that are running and, and in a race. Same way it is with the Christians. We are running a race. We're all in a race. But if we're not careful, we'll be running for the wrong prize. Hear me today, you may be running, but you may be running for the wrong prize. Listen, I've always said it's nice to have things in life. There's nothing wrong with that. I like a nice home, I like a nice car, I like nice clothes, just like you do. But listen, if I allow those things to run me and those things to take me step in and step out, and me just continue on and not acknowledge God, nor do I acknowledge the Lord at all, I'm running the wrong race because I'm running within myself. But we're not to run within ourselves. We are to run the race because Jesus is the one at the end of the day is going to give us a crown that's not 
perishable, but it's imperishable, and that we need to understand He's the one that will help us through this life as we run the race. You see, He clearly lets us know it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That's my first point today. It's not how you start, but it's how you finish. When we're in this life that we're living and we're struggling and we're dealing with tests and we're dealing with circumstances and everything, listen, it can be a struggle. It seems like it's a fight. It's like, uh, it's like uh, a one step forward, three steps back. We're dealing with issues. We just think we can't get ahead. A it just seems like one bill after another. This comes up. That comes up. And uh, I know exactly how you're feeling because I've had all these doctor bills coming with my leg that was broken in half back in March and all the hospital bills and all this. And you got to pay for this, pay for that. I mean, everything goes crazy. But I've got to be reminded those are just things in life that we deal with. But we need to understand what crown we're trying to reach. What crown are we trying to achieve? Are we trying to get through life and life only? Or are we trying to achieve what Jesus Christ is wanting us? And that's that what? Not the perishable crown, but unperishable crown that we will receive as we receive Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. Hebrews 12 and 1 says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. That's those things in life that we're dealing with, those struggles, those tests, those things. Lay aside every weight, and the sin, which we're not careful, lies within us if we allow it. Sin, which is so easily ensnares us, getting off the wrong track, not getting on the right track, getting on the team of Team Jesus, and let us run, look at this, not walk, let us run with endurance. you got to have some fight in you. you got to have some kick in you to endure the race that is set uh, before us. When I go to a Carolina game, I want to have some fight in me. I want to have some cheering going on. I want to have some hollering and screaming and, and making sounds for my team. You say, well, Pastor, why do you go through all that? Because I want Carolina to win. I want my team to win. I celebrated last year because it had been years since we had, and no, no, no offense to the Clemson fans today, but I, I celebrated with, with my Carolina tie on when Carolina did finally beat Clemson. I know by one point. But it was a win. A win's a win. But I jumped up, got excited. Why? Because we had been knocked down for so long. We broke the winning streak that Clemson had in Clemson Stadium. They had won 40 consecutive games that had never lost until Carolina last year broke that streak. And I thank God for that. I'm excited for that. But I know them Tigers will be ready again for us. Uh, this year, and we got the first Carolina game coming up. We're going to play North Carolina next Saturday, and so I'm all excited about that. But listen, we, we cannot forget the race that we're in, that we're running for the right 
crown, not the wrong crown. Get this today. I want you to get this. You're running the race, and you cannot run the race by yourself. You can't run the race within yourself. You can't say, I've got the tiger by the tail, and now I'm going to do what I want to do, be what I want to be, say what I want to say, go where I want to go. It is now where you're surrendering to his lordship. If you accepted Jesus in your heart and life, now you are running a race with Jesus. You're not running a race with the world because the world is not going to save you. The world is not going to keep you safe. The world's not going to do that. But Jesus is going to keep you safe. He's going to take care of you and he's going to bring you through all the things in life that you will face and the things that you're facing now. He will be God in your life. I want to read something to you which I thought was, was, was great in, in an encouragement here. Uh, Michael Phelps II. He was born June the 30th of 1985. He was an American former competitive swimmer and the most decorated Olympian of all times. With a total of 28 medals, Phelps also holds the all-time record for the Olympic gold medals of 23. Olympic gold medals in the uh, individual events of 13, Olympic medals in individual events of 16, and winning eight gold medals at the 2008 uh, uh, Beijing uh, Games. Phelps broke uh, fellow American swimmer Mark uh, uh, Spitz in uh, 1972, record of seven first place finishes at any single Olympic Games at the 2004 Summer Olympics in Athens. Phelps has already tied the record of eight medals of any color at single games by winning six golds and two bronze medals. i got a reason I'm reading this. At the 2012 Summer Olympics in London, Phelps won four golds and two silver medals. And at the 2016 Summer Olympics, he won five gold medals and one silver. This made him the most successful athlete of the game for the fourth Olympics in a row. Phelps began swimming at the age, listen, at the age of seven, partly because of the influence of his sisters and partly to provide him with an outlet for his energy. After retirement in 2016, he stated, The only reason I ever got in the water was my mom wanted me to just learn how to swim. My sisters and myself fell in love with the sport and we decided to swim. And when Phelps was in the sixth grade, he was diagnosed with the attention uh, deficit of hyperactivity disorder, which is ADHD. By the age of 10, he held a national record for his age group in the 100-meter butterfly and began to train at the North Baltimore uh, and, and club under the coach of Bob uh, uh, Bowman. More, uh, more of an age group record follows, and as of 2016, Phelps still holds 12 age group records, nine in long course and three in short course. Pastor, what are you saying? Listen to all of the medals of this swimmer. All because he just wanted to learn how to swim. But as he learned how to swim, he began to work on his conditioning. He began to work with the trainers. He began, in his mind, he said, I want to be a winner. In his mind, 
he could see gold medals. In his mind, he could see silver medals. In his mind, he could see himself on the platform. In his mind, he could see the future of where he, where he wanted to go and where he wanted to be. Folks, that's what we have to do in this life. We've got to get our minds on the future with God, that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of your faith. We've got to look beyond, beyond the four walls. We've got to look beyond the little box. We walk around in a little box, and we think we never can get out of the box. We think we never can achieve. We think we can't do this. We can't do that. Listen, the devil is the father of lies, and all he does is his job is to tell you, you'll never be able to make it. You'll never be able to do this. You'll never be able to accomplish this. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's nothing but the lies from the pits of hell. You can do all things in Christ who gives you strength. You can be overcomer in Christ Jesus because He's our victory. He died on the cross over 2,000 years ago that you and I may have life and have it more abundantly. And now we have the victory. We can hold our head up high, give the world a smile, and know who our Creator is. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. It's not how you start. It is how you finish. It's how that you accept. It's how that you receive. It's how that when you receive it, you take what you have because you are salt and you are light to the world. You are to evangelize your world. You are to win your world. Let people know about Jesus. Let them know you're on the team of Jesus, that Jesus is your coach. Jesus is the head coach. Jesus is the one that's in authority. Jesus is the one that controls my life, my family's life, my finances, and everything that I have. Jesus is in charge of everything. My second point today is this. It takes training and conditioning. It takes training and conditioning. Michael Phelps could not have been the great swimmer of all times if there had not been training, if there had not been conditioning. You cannot be a winner in Christ Jesus and just come to church on Sunday mornings. Hear me today. You cannot be the winner and be the champion if you just come in on Wednesday night for Bible study. Here's the challenge that we have today in our church and with our society. We've got to have Jesus tomorrow. Not Wednesday. Not to wait till Wednesday. And not to wait till next Sunday. We've got to have Jesus on Monday because that devil don't sleep. We've got to have sleep because we're human. You have a conscious and a subconscious. When you're asleep as subconscious, the devil can put all kind of things in your mind. He can do all kind of things even while you're asleep because he's the prince of the air. He's got demonic powers. He's got demons that are assigned to do whatever he wants them to do. And listen, it is for us to get into the Word of God because we're going to need Jesus on Monday. You're going to need Jesus on Tuesday. Then you're going to need Jesus on Wednesday to get back into church for Bible study because He's going to do everything He can to discourage you to come on a Wednesday night midweek Bible study. And then after that, He's going to discourage you not to come to church on Sunday, but you're going to need Jesus on Thursday. See, folks, we can't win. Do you think 
do you think Michael Phelps could have skipped every other day? Do you think he says, well, I feel like I'm just going to train next week. I'm going to do it next week. No. He had a drive. He was driven. That was, that was what he was driven for. He craved for. That's the same way we have to be with Christ Jesus. We've got to crave God's love. We've got to crave God's mercy. We've got to crave his compassion. We've got to crave him to enough that we have a relationship with him personally that when anything comes your way, and they will be some things that will come your way in your life. There are things that will hit you just like things that hit me when I broke my leg in half. If I hadn't went up that ladder and fell at my mother's house, I may, may could have saved my leg. But no, I was on the ladder not knowing that I would break my leg in half. As I give you an example, you don't know when things are going to hit your life. But when you are in training with the Lord in the Word, when you are conditioning yourself on a daily basis, having devotion with the Lord, staying in tune with Him, when those things come your way, you will be able to overcome anything. Ephesians 6 and 11 says this, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Here, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual uh, hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are levels that the devil has the demons set up so that he can begin to try to kill, steal, and destroy, try to discourage you, to keep you from reading your Bible, keep from you going to church, keeping you from having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what happens, but the Bible says, put on the whole armor, not some of it, but the whole armor of God. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Because he clearly lets us know that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having the shod your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take on the shield of faith. I talked about this a few weeks ago. And which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts that are the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance, supplication for all to the saints. Training, conditioning. This is how football teams win national championships. This is how they win the ACC. This is how they win the SEC. I long today to see Carolina win an SEC championship. I'm not even talking about a national championship. I'm just talking about the SEC. Clemson can go ahead and say they've done it all. Clemson has already done it. But they had a coach behind them coaching them and telling them you can run right through a brick wall. Their coach would tell them, hey, you can do this. Their coach tells them, I see greatness in you. And Beamer now is coming on with Carolina, and now he's starting to see things in guys now, and he's trying to pour into them. He's trying to coach them. He's trying to train them. He's trying to condition them. He's trying to do everything he can to bring the best out of Carolina and the best out of these boys to play and be competitive 
and be able to compete against the other teams. SEC right now of Carolina has the strongest uh, uh, games that they have to play, the hardest games right now, it's been said, the hardest games of any team right now. We've got a lot of teams that Carolina's got to play. But you know what? It takes one game at a time. One game at a time. You can't think about the three or four games. You can't think about you're going to play Alabama. You can't think about you're going to play Georgia. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Do we have enough guys? Do we have enough quarterback? What are we going to do? You don't, you don't think about that. You take one day at a time and let Jesus be the head coach of your life and don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about next week because tomorrow Jesus said will take care of itself. He says, if I, don't, if I see the sparrows in the air, they don't toil nor spin, nor do I see them putting anything in, in, the, in the nest. I don't see them putting anything, hiding it away because I provide for them. And he says, if I can provide for them of the sparrows of the, of the air, he says, can I not uh, sponsor you? Can I help you? Can I give you? Can I not bless you and give you more than the sparrows that you see? See, we need to be transferring our will. We need to be transferring, transferring ourselves. We need to be transferring everything with our ability. Listen, it's not your intellect that's going to save you. It's not your wisdom or knowledge that's going to save you. What's going to save you is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, making Him known, knowing Him, making Him known, and begin to work on having a personal relationship with Jesus. I cannot save you. You cannot save me. We cannot save one another. But Jesus Christ can save us all and we can serve a risen king. We can serve the head coach, which is Jesus Christ, because he is the author and the finisher of your faith. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Heavyweight champion that we may all know or you may not know. The boxer is Muhammad Ali. He was one of the greatest fighters, boxers of all times. He writes this. Inside of a ring or out, ain't nothing wrong with going down. It's staying down. That's what's wrong. Let me read this again. Heavyweight champion boxer Muhammad Ali wrote this, said, inside of the ring or outside of the ring, ain't nothing wrong with going down. It's staying down that's wrong. Amen. And I want to encourage you today, there'll be some times that you will go through some valleys. You'll go through some hard knocks. There'll be things that sometimes that you may even say, God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? You may feel all the things and the pressure of life. But listen, we might be down, but we're not designed to stay down. You may go through a valley, but it's not designed for you to stay down in that valley. It's for us to come up. Why? Because Jesus has gone through death, hell, and the grave. He's the victory. And he's our victor. And he's the one that we call on. And he's the one that pulls us out of the valleys of the miry clay and brings us up on a solid rock, a solid firm foundation that we can continue to move as Jesus Christ has his way in our life. Third, in, in my next point, we are destined to win. You are destined to win. Listen, we may go through some things, 
but we're not going to fail because we've got Jesus. Jesus. Let me read this to you, and I'm going to close here. Football coach Jim Carlin was dead wrong when he said one of his football players wouldn't make a good baseball player. Randy Marks has all the markings of a, sub a suburb drop-back quarterback when he came to South Carolina from Elizabethton, uh, Pennsylvania in 1975. He was also a pretty good pitcher, though he wasn't drafted by the pros out of high school. Uh, Mark's uh, career in Columbia was doomed. However, when Carlin switched him from a pro-style offense to the veer uh, with requiring a mobile running quarterback, with Mark's wasn't, so he never uh, lettered nor spending his time on the scout squad running the opposition uh, plays for the defense to the practice uh, against. Carlin didn't allow his quarterback to play baseball, so uh, Marks never gave uh, baseball a shot. Before the 1977 baseball season began, however, Carlin told Gamecock uh, baseball coach June Range, if you want that Marks boy, you can, you can have him, but he won't help you because he's no athlete. Carlin was about as dead wrong as a coach could ever be. March started 16 games for the Gamecocks that spring, and he compiled at a 14-0 record of a 1.98 ERA and pitched South Carolina to win the one win of the NCAA champion at the College World Series. He was named to every All-American team and won the Lefty Gomez Award at all as the nation's best amateur baseball player in both of his uh, uh, no decision marks left with the lead after the one seasonal season. The Chicago Cubs made him their first round draft choice in three uh, seasons in a major with the Cubs and with the White Sox. Mets uh, won uh, 17 games, including 11, and in 1982, before an arm injury ended in his career, not bad for a player a coach said was not an athlete. Folks, you can't tell me when people tell you you'll never be. You'll never do it. When the devil tries to tell you you can't be, you'll never be, he is a liar. People are liars because you can make it. This guy here proved I can. We have the I can in our minds. We've got the want to in our, in our minds. We've just got to talk to ourselves. And sometimes it seems like when we get older, we want to talk out loud to ourselves, and we think, is there anybody around? And there's nobody around, and we're talking to ourselves. Sometimes we've got to talk to ourselves. Sometimes we've got to take the, the bull by the horns and say, listen, I'm coming to church. I'm going to bring my family to church. I'm going to get into God's Word. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do it because I want to persevere. I want to fight the good fight. I want to stay in tune with Jesus. That's how we do it when we begin to say we are destined to win when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ. My fourth and closing, we will win the prize. It is guaranteed you will win the prize. A coach will tell his team, this is what I need you to do. 
I needed you to do execute A to B. I need you to go from B to C. I need you to go from C to D. Do not deviate. Do not stop. This is the way I want the offense. This is the way I want the defense. And all the coaches come into the teams and they specialize and they tell them exactly how to train, how to condition, what they need to win the game. And they guess what? They get it in their head. You've got to get in your head. You can make it. You can do this. You can serve the Lord. You can have a relationship with Jesus. You've got to get your head in the game, and that is the game of Jesus, Him being the head coach of your life. Colossians 3 and 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you die and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory, knowing that for the Lord you will receive, look, the reward, the prize, not the corruptible prize, but incorruptible prize, the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. You will receive it. It's guaranteed. God will give it to you. But he's got to have that relationship. You've got to get connected with him. And you can't do it just on Sunday morning. You've got to do it through the day. You've got to talk to him. He wants to hear from you. My last scripture in closing, 1 Corinthians 9 and 24, as I read, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Now you know what I'm talking about. But the one that receives the prize, what prize are you receiving in the world? You want more money? You want more fame? You want more stuff? You want more things? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Praise be to the Lamb of God. To know what the real prize is. To know what the real deal is. Have you ever bought a car or ever, ever bought a home? And the salesman kept giving you the pitch. Well, if you'll add this to this to your car, and if you'll get insurance on this, and if you, if you get in a wreck, then you can get this insurance, and the car will be paid for since you ain't got the car paid for. Or if you're at the signing of a house, and they say, well, you can add this insurance. Do you have, do you know, do you, do you have a, a, a water damage uh, policy? Do you have a hurricane policy? Do you, and, and, and you're sitting there listening to all this, and what you just want that salesman to do is, Man, just hush up and just give me the bottom line. What's the bottom price? You've gone through all of this. You, you, you're telling me everything. What, what's the bottom price? Listen, God has already given us the bottom line. There's no hide uh, gimmicks. There's nothing hiding. There's nothing. Jesus does not hide nothing for, from us. He gives us everything. He shows us everything. There's nothing that He holds back from you and I. He wants to give you the very best. 
And the very best that he gave you was to give God to give his son, Jesus Christ, that you may know him and make him known. That you will have eternal life. That's better than any life policy you've got. That's better than anything that you've got is to have eternal life. Please stand with me across the building today. Listen. I know the food and stuff is being prepared. Out at Gibson and they're cooking it all up. And we're going to have a wonderful time, but I want to take just a few seconds here. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, Son and Holy Spirit,